Hey friends, welcome to the Empowered Homes Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families by connecting church and home. And today I've got our student ministry team, part of our student ministry team. We've got uh, mm-hmm. more, but you guys are, are, are yeah. key players in that. Um, before we jump in, we'll just go around and introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is Kayla Self. I'm the girls minister on staff here at Kingsland. And just want to say one of the things that I love about working with students, I think my favorite part is definitely just discipleship, getting to invest in love and speak into the lives of students, um, watching them follow and pursue Jesus, and then um, getting to watch them lead and love other people. My name is Curtis Lane. I am our North Katy student pastor. And so I'm uh, our multi-site uh, student pastor. And so one of the big things, I've been working in student ministry for 10 years, and there's never a better moment than when a kid gets it. Mm. But what I've realized even further into the student ministry is it, it's even better when a parent mm. understands and gets it and goes, oh my gosh, like I know now what you're saying, what these emails mean, and what the church is saying. Like So I would say one of the greatest things that right now in student ministry has been um, not only kids getting it, but man, seeing that parents get it and being able to be on the same page on that end. That's awesome. And I'm Joe Landy. I'm student pastor over at our central campus. I kind of lead everybody over there, which is super fun, super exciting. Been doing it for a while now. And uh, yeah, I echo what Kayla and Curtis said about students just being just a fun part. They're always growing and changing and watching a sixth grader graduate. Mm -hmm. From 12th grade and watching that growth, it's just awesome to see. Hmm. And, of course, my, my favorite thing is working with the team, working with these guys and hanging out. We've got an awesome team of student student ministry pastors and ministers and just a fun team. It's like family. Yeah. So it's good. It's Love awesome. It. Mm-hmm. You should you well, should talk more about us. That's yeah, sure, sure. I'll try to. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for y'all's time today. Um, today's conversation really wanted to get into, um, you know, we say here, all the time, like the church is the B team. Yeah. Parents, you're the A team. You're the primary faith trainers at home. And so we don't want to just say, parents, all right, now go figure it out. You don't need us. We want to resource them and help them lead at home. All of our ministry events for students uh, is designed to help students grow, but also pulling in parents to be a part of all of this. Mm-hmm. And so today's conversation, I just really want to talk about you know, what are the, what does it look like to be the B team? Like for student ministry specifically, like how, how are you actually partnering with parents? Maybe some challenges. And then what are some things that you wish every parent knew Mm -hmm. as it, as we get into like, Hey, I'm not out to get your kids or whatever it is, you know? (laughs) So we'll start with Joe. Um, what does it look like for you and your, your role to, to be the B team, to, to help yeah. parents lead at home. Well, I was thinking about this. I think sometimes you think A team, B team. The A team are the best players, and the B team's like the second class, you know, kind of group of kids, which I'm like, that's not really the case in the church. I think to say that the parents are the A team means that they're primary faith trainer, means that they are the ones that are leading the charge, make the biggest impact with their kids. And to say that we're the B team means that really we're in more support. To me, it means we're in a more supportive role. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not second class. That doesn't mean that nothing we have to say matters right. to kids, but it means that like what we're doing is supporting what parents are trying to do at home, yeah. giving them the wins, giving them the 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 reins. Because at the end of the day, we've only got kids at a certain part of their journey, their mm-hmm. walk with Christ. Parents are the ones that are going to be with them for a long time. So that's kind of what I initially see as, as a B team. Yeah. And for that certain small amount, like right. let's say a kid's faithful right, mm-hmm. and he comes right 
faithfully. Mm -hmm. That's still only a couple hours a week or yeah. a month, right? Yeah. And so helping partner with parents is, right. is huge. Curtis, yeah. how, how do you? I mean, with my illustrious high school career in sports, <laughs> you know, I ended up on the B team quite a bit. And one of the things that I continued to hear, not only from coaches and other players, was, hey, like the B team prepares and equips and gets ready the varsity, the A team for what's going to, what's going to happen, you know, legitimately what's going to happen in the game. Um, and so for me, when I hear I'm the B team, I'm going, no, I'm, I'm training kids. I'm training parents mm -hmm. to actually go be a part of the actual game, mm -hmm. which is, I would say, you know, it was really hard in student ministry at the beginning. And for me, it just pouring in so much into students and then them going home and it not being either supported, maybe not encouraged or even just kept accountable and all that stuff being stripped away. And eventually it's kind of in student ministry, you kind of feel like, is this, mm -hmm. is this worth it? Mm -hmm. You know, but when you start looking at yourself as the B team and going, no, 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 I want to prep kids and I want to prep parents. And I'm really pouring into something that can last um, way further than this youth room that's been painted 37 times. Like, no, it's like, it's happening in their rooms. It's happening in their houses and their vans um, and hopefully in their world. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just funny because you say that because uh, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like to use the analogy, the sports analogy, it's almost yeah. like years ago there were two leagues going on. Yeah. yeah. There was yeah. like the parents had their league going on yeah. and they were doing what they had at home. And then we're going to drop you off at the church yeah. and you can do your own thing here. And there was never this connection. Hey, we're never That's partnering. Good. We're never connecting. And I'm glad that that has shifted because even as a parent, I have a son that's in our student ministry, and I'm like, I'm grateful for that because now I see this, and I'm, and it just bolsters everything that I'm trying to do at home. Mm -hmm. But I know that I've got like this team here and mm -hmm. other leaders and volunteers in our ministry that are pouring into Logan, and I'm like, man, that all those voices matter. Yeah, yeah you know, they really so do. Yeah. it's cool. Yeah, and it, parents are the primary, but the sticky faith, the correlations of sticky faith is other voices, outside voices, mm -hmm. other caring adults mm -hmm. um, that are pouring into kids. But parents, that voice is, is the loudest yeah. just because it has the time. Well, and I think it's important. One of the things that we've been trained and equipped on is we're doing ministry with the family or with the parent in mind constantly. Mm -hmm. And so that frames everything from an individual discipleship mm -hmm. conversation to Wednesday night programming mm -hmm. and what how we're communicating, what we're communicating. So like we went on retreat the last two weekends we've been with, you know, 150 or so students. So of course I'm trying to equip and encourage these kids. We're trying to teach truth. We're trying to build their faith. We're trying to empower and lead them. But when I get home, I send 10, 15 emails to parents saying, Hey, this is what I'm seeing mom and dad in your child's life. So I'm either coming alongside them to say, here's what I saw this weekend. Here's what mm -hmm. I want to encourage you in. I'm trying to put the ministry back on in the front, yeah. you know, to those parents because we leave after the weekend and right. they get to come alongside and ask their right. kids questions. So yeah. you're constantly thinking about not just that child, but how can I help mom and dad give them wins too? Yeah, and and that's what was really big, even just this last year, like looking at being the B team. It's like, hey, even sometimes the varsity though needs some wins. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and how can we make layup opportunities? for our parents and for our kids to do that. And so even with the retreat, you know, we ended our, our retreat with a parent-student conversation. Mm -hmm. Like our last service was at the church that Sunday morning with the parents looking at each other. And I'm going, this is a layup, mm -hmm. not yeah. because it should be perfect. Because some of those conversations weren't great because that was the first time they've prayed with their kid before. Mm -hmm. First time they've even said maybe Jesus in front of their kid before. But at the end of the day, it was a layup for parent ministry and saying that, hey, we opened the door. Mm. You know, if we have to be the excuse 
to going, hey, we want you to talk about Jesus. Like, it's kind of like, who do we, mm-hmm. you know, who do we, you know, use me as a blame <laughs> yeah, to kind of yeah, yeah. actually do that. But that B team moment of not only wanting to set them up, but also giving them success and the layup and a good mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. so that that can continue further on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's really, really huge. Too. Yeah, and Curtis did an awesome job with that. There's a, there's a picture in my mind that I got of that whole night with parents, like with their kids. And as you're talking, I'm even thinking like, probably so many parents right now that have kids in the student ministry went to retreats when they were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's an interesting yeah. thought and process because they have a concept of like what it was like, what it meant to them. And so to bring them back into that mm-hmm. and invite them into that is an interesting yeah. and you know, way the, to do that. The, the crazy thing with student ministry, I, I did it for a long time, and the shift of student ministry to bring in parents because – even early on when I was doing it, like you parents aren't involved. Like it's almost like we don't want them involved. Mm-hmm. They're more of a hurdle of what we're trying to do. And so trying to pull them in to, to be more integral into right. to everything that we have, it's hard mm-hmm. and it's got challenges. Mm-hmm. So we'll start this way. Sure. N- not to talk bad about any parents. Right. We don't like, but there it, Parents can be a challenge, and I know a lot of young leaders are scared and terrified to even like <coughs> talk to parents because they don't have kids in the student ministry, mm-hmm. and then parents have a mental model of what student ministry should be because of what they experienced growing up, and they're trying to fight for that. I don't know how many conversations I have with adults of like, you you can't put your youth ministry experience mm-hmm. on your kid. Mm-hmm. Like it just so it happens all the time. Anyways. So what are some challenges with us being the B team and partnering with parents? Kayla? Um, I think the biggest one is obviously disengagement, right? So what we're just talking about when parents don't understand that they are the A team and they treat the church or the student Mm -hmm. ministry or whoever is like, okay, you are responsible for my child's Mm -hmm. faith because I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not equipped or I'm not good enough or I can't have these spiritual conversations. And so I'm expecting the pastor, the church staff, to do that, which mm-hmm. leaves lack of involvement. I grew up in a home that was semi like, you know, not necessarily fully that way, but we went to church and that's where we did church things, but that wasn't necessarily always integrated at home. And so I think there's disconnect there. Um, so no true partnership for oftentimes you'll see kids buy in and they want it. And so the doors open mm-hmm. and you're, we're constantly like, Hey, have you talked to your mom and dad about this? Have, yeah. Are you having these conversations with your parents? And so where I see a disconnect is either, parents being unwilling to go there or kids mm-hmm. not knowing that they have the permission by their parents to say, Hey, you can, Hey buddy, you can bring this to me. Like, yeah. I want to know your heart. I want to know what's going on. So there's some kind of disconnect where a mom and dad hasn't said, Hey, like I want to ask you mm-hmm. about the most important thing, which is your spiritual life and your faith. Um, and then finally just priorities. We live in a very, um, fast paced society and a, in a culture that has kids waking up at five in the morning mm-hmm. and going to bed at 10. And that's not to h- hate on anybody schedules, but like sports and mm-hmm. life and homework and school and activities and multiple kids. And you see this busyness where parents get to a place where they're so overwhelmed that they're like, I I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. Right. And so they, they're just, just help me. Mm-hmm. And we are, and we want to, but also finding that within where parents have to decide, no, like this is going to take priority in my home. And this is going to be, we're going to fight for this. And if that's not happening, you feel the wear and tear of the kid where they're being pulled in multiple directions. And back to your point, I'll say this quickly. I had a meeting with a mom this summer 
you're talking about um, putting like church expectations or hurts. They, they grew up and her and her husband both had unhealthy church experiences. And so because of that, there was a little bit lack of trust in the church and in our team and mm-hmm. allowing her kids to, to fully participate in camps and mission trips and events. And she's, she comes to me and she's like, my child's really just not connected, not making friends. We're struggling here. And so we, we got to t- work through, hey, moment, like what's going on in your heart mm-hmm. that maybe you need to seek some healing from, you know, and then how is that impacting your children? And we got to have a really beautiful conversation, sat and talked with her. She, wonderful mom who loves her children. But I've gotten to watch her kids now this semester be involved, find community, connect. Um, I got to call her on the phone a couple <laughs> weeks ago and she's like, man, thank you. You know, yeah. to see the redemption in that too of like, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there can be pain and that kind of, but not allowing that to be your child's story as well in the yeah. church because we need, we, the church is so vital to their faith too. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if that's, if, and as a ministry leader, you have to accept that, that parents have, we have our own junk too. Yeah. I didn't know that cause yeah, I'm a yeah. parent yeah. and I've got my own junk. And so I'm not going to respond well to ministry leaders. So I think if, if you're in ministry, if you're especially a student ministry, you've got to recognize that like parents have their, there's so many things come at them mm-hmm. too. So you've got to have an element of grace going towards them. And, and I, we talk as a team all the time. It hit me a couple of years ago, just that parents love their kids more than anyone else on their, yeah. on earth, more than you ever will. And more than we, we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when that, when I had that revelation, especially when I had my own kid, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm fighting for number one. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my kid. And when I realized that that that's what all these parents are doing, okay, I understand it. I would do the same thing. But the the friction becomes we have 800-plus kids in our student ministry. How do you favor everyone? I can't have that same mindset. So I've... I've, I've written an article for our parents, hey, 10 things we want you to know about student ministry. And one of the things I talk about is we love all students. That's what we're called to, mm-hmm. but we just can't love them the way that you yeah, love them to your yeah, good. thing. And so that friction comes in because when, you know, Kayla's sorting life groups in September and we're making decisions for groups and we've got to like sort kids into, you know, all these variables of friend requests and whatnot, we can't just pick one and fight for just one. We've got to fight for all of them. So that becomes kind of the friction yeah, I see with working with parents. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Because what I would kind of piggyback off of with Kayla is well, as one of my biggest challenges is the idea of like actually getting parents to, to get into a room and understand like, are you willing to fight for Jesus? Like your kid's relationship with Jesus at all costs. Yeah. Hmm. At all costs. And I asked that question uh, just two weeks ago to a group of parents and like, and I was like, but what does all, at all costs mean? Hmm. Yeah. And they're like, that we'd make sacrifices, mm-hmm. that we would lead from the front, that, you know, like all these different things started coming out and they're like, oh, and I go, no, no, like if this is genuinely who we are, mm-hmm. if the, if Jesus really is the transformation of our lives and we are actually have purpose and identity in Jesus, we want that for our kids, right? And like, yeah, and I go, but at all costs, mm-hmm. like we have to fight for that because they're only 16, mm-hmm. you know, 12, 11, you know, 18, like, they don't even know what to fight for mm-hmm. in that moment. And so just you as a parent stepping up and wanting to fight for your kid's relationship with Jesus and showing them, I'm going to fight that. Like I'm actually going to take the blame or right. I will actually take your anger so that your relationship with Jesus will grow. That speaks volumes to kids. Mm-hmm. And so just getting them to understand like at all cost is, is a big deal with whether it's actually going, Hey, I'm, you're not going to be with your friend group or, Hey, we're not going to be able to go to this camp or, Hey, we're not going to actually mm-hmm. be able to pay for this club thing because we're actually, as a family, we're going to prioritize this. Yeah. Um, and even sacrificing as a parent though, I'm not going on my hunting trip 
Yeah. Because genuinely every Friday we do this. And so I'm going to actually spend that time with you mm-hmm. instead of going even what I need to go do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but the, the other thing I would say is culture cultures. The hardest thing with parents right now is they want us to respond to the culture. Um, and they're like, Hey, what do we do here? What do we do here? What do we do here? Like, what do you say about this? And what do you say about this? And um, they're, they're expecting us to be experts, which mm-hmm. we, we kind of need to know a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm just continually pointing them to, Hey, but you know, what does Jesus say? You know, yeah. like, what is Jesus telling you? What is he telling your family? Mm. Well, no, no, I want you to answer these things for me. And I go, no, no, no every yeah. family's different. And every relationship with Christ is different. And so right now the challenge for me has been kind of pointing them back to, hey, I don't know what's going on in your home, but you do. And I feel like you're asking me for validation about what you already know and what you already think. Mm. And just getting them to know, no, you have the same Holy Spirit within you. It's yeah. in me. Mm-hmm. And you can lead your home. And so even through the culture that they're going through, which is really hard, I mean, just parent in 2022, it's terrible, but like, it's just one of those things, but to be able to rely and lean on Jesus, even through the calamity um, and through just the diversity of what we're actually walking through, like every single day has a different thing, Mm -hmm, you know, Um, but you can rely on Jesus in that. And then the last thing is uh, authenticity with their kids. One of the big eye-opening moments that I always love doing with parents is like, do you understand that you're son and daughter actually is not your son and daughter anymore. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're actually your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Like as, as a, as a parent, we're first off, we are sons and daughters of the, of the father. And then we're given a gift. And that gift turns us then into a discipler and a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is we're a parent. And when we make decisions in that, in that sequence, when we're actually, no, 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 as a son and daughter, and as a person who's been given a gift as a shepherd and a discipler, how would I actually lead them before I love them with my entire heart as a parent? Sometimes your heart would lead them to places that genuinely that maybe not be what's best for them. Mm. Like whether it's the anger or, you know, impatience and all that stuff, but no, I've got to look at it through the sequence of what I am and what my identity is and looking at my son and daughter and going, I don't have my things together. Like I am your brother and sister in Christ. Like, Let's do this together hmm. because for me to get angry with you because you didn't make the right choice, like I would have made the same choice. Am I disappointed? Yeah, but like I'm not surprised because I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so let me not just come alongside you and yell because it ruins the resume or it ruins the reputation of our family, but it actually is like, no, 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 like I want to come alongside and be disappointed because it wasn't what was Jesus' best for you in that yeah. moment. And so Yeah, and what, um, what I hear all of you and what I love about our student ministry is going back to the gospel. Like, you know, let's lead parents not on my ideas, not on my uh, strength, but on Jesus's strength, which is well, powerful. One, one thing that Joe's been communicating, and I think this is something that you've been sharing out of your own heart, is he uses this illustration of like the gospel in our family and his own life. And then also in the life of his family for our student ministry, like the gospel is the our compass. Mm-hmm. So my true north is going to be, how is God leading me? Mm-hmm. What does he say about this situation or this thing? And I'm thinking mm-hmm. of uh, the rich young ruler where he goes to Jesus and he's asking, you know, what does it cost to follow you? And Jesus is like, it's going to cost you everything. And he weighs and he's like, I walks away sad, right? 
And we don't want to hear in our culture that like, we're going to have to weigh that it's going to come with a cost. And so parents, like you're going to have to make decisions, you know, where it's like, are we going to play the culture war game and fight over grades and like, are we going to do, can we have both? And what, at what cost is that going to come? And where does the gospel play Mm -hmm. into, you know, not just the church is fixing my kid or doing, this is the slice of pie where we do church and Jesus fits into this, but how does Jesus and, mm-hmm. and, you know, our relationship with him fit into every area of our life and every decision we yeah. make. But as a student pastor, staying firm in that. Yeah. And I feel like that's what Joe has led really well for years. Um, but just going like, Hey, we're, our, our, our answer's not going to change. And after time you see that one set of family, their sixth grade year, and then you see them their 10th grade year. And they're kind of like, we already know what you're going to say. And it's like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. We're going to point you back to the gospel. Yeah. We're going to point you back to Jesus and how you can lead your family. And it, it is a long-term play because as a student pastor, you know, if you keep going up to parents and saying, pointing to the gospel and they keep getting, that's not what I want. It's not, not what I want. It's not what I want to hear, but it's like, no, that's what's best. Yeah. But creating that culture that yeah. revolves around the gospel and, and, and family takes time. Um, but it also means you staying, you believing that first off, right? Very firm in that, and going, no, no. Let me show you how it's transformed my life mm. and my family's life. Yeah, it can also happen with yours and staying firm. Yeah, in that. and in the gospel being the compass is like Jesus is better mm-hmm. than the culture than whatever you're going through. Like, exactly. right. and and to lead a student ministry, and that's what I love about you guys to lead a student ministry in that way is not flashy it's not cool it's not (laughs) trying to be like the culture it's trying to be like jesus and it's refreshing and i think that's why our families love it so much but going back to partnering with parents like it's a lot easier for you guys to just do a wednesday night program to do sundays and just go through your day-to-day because i've seen youth pastors all over they, they, it's easier to do it. It's much harder to partner with parents mm-hmm. and to actually do what we're trying to do. Yeah. And it takes a lot of energy and effort. So one, I want to say thank you for that. But two, like the easy way may be attractive, but it's not sustainable. It's not long-term and it doesn't make the greater impact to, to build lifelong followers mm-hmm. from Jesus. And that's what we want. We don't want to just have cool youth group kids who aren't sleeping around. Like, yeah, we did it. Like we right. want teenagers who love Jesus and they're going to raise their kids to follow yeah. Jesus. And, and that the longevity of going, they're going to leave your ministry in seven years yeah. and then they're going into college and then they'll be adults and parents and married yeah. within mm-hmm. very short amount of time. So it's like, if I'm actually a student pastor that wants the best for them, man, I'm, I'm not walking to their graduation. Yeah. I'm not going to their wedding. You know, I'm not going to be there when they have their first kid. But their moms and dads are. Yeah. And what am I going to give them? Hopefully they remember the gospel and hopefully they run to their, their family and have that foundation to continue to grow way further mm. than the lock-ins and yeah. the, you know, marshmallow games that we play. It's like, Hey, those are fun in the moment. Yeah. But it's like, Hey, but what legitimately are we putting our stake in for what this disciple moving forward will look like? Yeah. And I think, uh, I got one more question, but I think what, We've done, and even I, when I did student ministry, I failed at uh, not to harp on that youth minister that's or the ministry leader that. because uh, it, no, it's yeah, yeah it's needed to, it, it, <laughs> but to see the the fun lock ins and all that stuff like uh, those are absolutely needed and they're great. There's nothing wrong with them, mm-hmm. but I think 
we lead from that being priority, not the gospel sometimes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what I love is putting the gospel as priority and then doing everything we can to, to, to get parents to win at home with their mm-hmm. students. Yeah. Um, so last question, we'll kind of, and then we kind of talked about some heavy stuff just to lighten it up. Uh, Joe, like, oh what is a win for you when it comes to like working with parents? Like if you say, all right, we got a scoreboard over here. I can put a number one on it. You're a Yankees fan. You can't put many numbers on there. <laughs> I'd but, throw that out there. <laughs> but if you got a scoreboard, like I'm gonna I'm gonna put a number up. Like this is a win. Like this is a run. This is a touchdown. Whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. going back to the sports analogy, being the B team. Yeah. What are those wins for your that you would identify? Well, for we your we as a student ministry talk about three wins all the time with yeah. our with our team and with even with parents is being rooted and grounded in the gospel, like we just talked about. Mm-hmm partnering well with parents in the long run, and then um, making sure that students are disciple makers. They're not just receiving when they come and they graduate as consumers, but yeah. they're they're going out and they're coming back to serve in the student ministry or they're going out to yeah. serve at college or whatever their post-high school lives are. But that second one, the, the parents, like what you're mentioning, to me, the biggest scoreboard snapshot for me in the year is our high school graduation mm. milestone that we celebrate every year in April. And for me, that is a snapshot every year of the graduating class. What parents are coming, we, we throw a dinner on Friday night uh, for parents and it's a, it's a nice little spaghetti dinner. It's, they, we got a picture slideshow. We've got, uh, and then we've got a special time where parents r- are writing letters of blessing. They go out we, throughout the church and they sit with their kids and they bless their kids and there's lots of tears and it's mm-hmm. a sweet, sweet moment, right? But for me, that's a snapshot every year. It's anecdotal, of course. Of course, I know number-wise who's coming, but anecdotally, I can see, wow, I know those parents. Mm, yeah. You know, our, our team knows those parents. We've had conversations with them. Wow, I know the story of when Johnny was confessing that sin when he was in eighth grade. And man, like he's, he's really connecting with his parents and they're having a moment right there. Again, it's anecdotal, but I can see like, wow, like there's relationship there. There's great relationship with the parents. Um, these students are, are rooted and grounded in the gospel, and they're going out and they they look like they're prepared, you know, mm-hmm. for what's next. So it's not perfect every no. with everyone, but mm-hmm. yeah, I say that for me, it's like a snapshot of the scoreboard. That's where we're at for this year, you know. Yeah, so. identifying those wins gives us something to measure. Mm-hmm. And what gets measured gets repeated. Right. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. Well, thank you guys, one for your time uh, and just your wisdom, and and I hope parents are encouraged. Uh, that listen to to know like uh, if you're here in Katie and you're part of our church like that's this is what our student ministry mm-hmm. is about. Um, but if you're not and you're listening from afar, there are churches where student ministries are operating like you guys, yeah. and you can find that and it, it, it's it's amazing. But uh, as we close, you mentioned an, a, a piece that you you wrote. It's on empowered homes. Mm-hmm. It's ten what ten things we want parents to know about yeah. student ministry. 10 things we want parents to know about student ministry. And if you're a ministry leader, I hope you're encouraged uh, today. Uh, If you're a youth pastor, if you want any, uh, if you want to connect with these guys, you can email info at empoweredhomes.org and we'll get you connected. If you got questions, like how do we do that? Like if you're, you're like, I get that. I want that. I want my ministry to look like this. I will get you connected to these guys. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you.